everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Marriage is Tougher Than Woodpecker Lips podcast. This is Brian. And I'm Paul. We'd like to welcome you to a community meant for the men of the world to share our thoughts and perspectives on marriage. We can learn from each other's experiences and help each other be better husbands. Now, let's get right into the show. Welcome and thank you for tuning into the Marriage is Tougher Than Woodpecker Lips podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about premarital counseling and why you should do it. I'm going to kick it to my co-host Paul here because I feel like this is more his wheelhouse. But hey, man, speak on the topic. How do you feel about it? I think premarital counseling is very beneficial, but I could be biased because I am a marriage and family counselor. So my wife and I have been doing this for, man, probably seven years now. Nice. And everyone that ends up taking us on and accepts us as counselors. They always say they enrich, we've enriched their their marriage experience. We talk about things that they may not think about, bring things that they may touch on lightly, but go deep because it's prep for the rest of their life. So I think premarital counseling is important because it gives a in-depth look to topics that you may not go deep in as you're preparing for your marriage. A lot of people obviously have a wedding they're preparing for as well. Obviously, most people are like, oh, that's just a part of the thing. We're going to get married. Some people that perform marriages require that before they marry people, whether it's with them or with another outside source, which is something that my wife and I recommend as well, whether we're marrying someone or if they use us as that source, but we see it's highly beneficial. I love the concept of marriage. I love the solidity that it gives society and the ability to make someone grow exponentially more than they would on their own because they have someone that can hold them accountable and expose their flaws, which I know that sounds super scary, but (laughs) it is beneficial. I I live through it personally, but I also see it happen to couples. So that is uh, my take and spiel on marriage counseling. I think it's very beneficial. And anyone who is getting married, I think they should strongly consider it and dare I say, do it for just the benefits that come. Yeah, man. I wanted to touch on that point you made of exposing flaws with as scary as that sounds. You are doing that in a safe place when you go into a premarital counseling. I think that for me, I would say that the experience of premarital counseling helped me personally see some things that I may not have expected to come up in marriage. And I think it helped me see marriage, ah, for lack of a better word, the severity of marriage in, mm-hmm. in you know, a deeper light in, in a way that in our relationship, you might have been just kind of going through tra-la-la-la, everything is rainbows and butterflies and unicorns. And then to have someone who has that marital experience come to you and say, look, things are going to get real real fast. And here's some of the things that you need to be prepared for, especially when you're dealing with opposite sexes. That is Mm -hmm. so major. I think, I think going into a marriage, it's hard for me to speak on behalf of everyone else, obviously, but I feel like there are many relationships that I've been in that I haven't taken seriously to the thought of 
being married to someone because the opportunity never really presented itself in my mind. So I never really approached a relationship as preparing for marriage. So I guess I didn't know what to expect when going into premarital counseling. Mm -hmm. And there were some major things that got thrown my way that made me take a look inside and say, hey, you've got some growing to do, boy. Right. <laughs> you know right. I mean? Into a man, for sure. Yeah, yeah, man. Man, I think a couple of things that you said definitely hit it right on the head. I was trying to think of something that we as society see as a long term thing. So I, I keep thinking of like building buildings. Mm hmm. And when you talk to someone who's in that field, whether it be the engineer, the architect, or the contractors that actually go in and fix up something before a, a building is made, first of all, the process before the finished before the finished part of the building takes a long time. If you've ever seen a building from the start and then see the months that it comes, and I'm not talking about a house, even though houses are important they last, but I'm thinking a building that will stand for a long time. So let's talk about an apartment complex or an office building, something that people are going to see for a long time. The process is long. And what we see when we drive by, we don't even realize the architectural meetings, the blueprints, the wiring, trying to figure out how to get the water, how to get the electricity, all that stuff that's there. And that's what marriage counseling is. It's all the pieces that, or premarital counseling, sorry, all that, all the pieces that make up marriage, all the topics, all the ideas, all the the background of people coming together, the family history, how people grew up, all those topics wrap into these sessions because they're what makes the couple the couple. Like people right. don't come in fresh as a blank slate. They come in with all their history and all the years they've been alive and those experiences that impact their life. So what marriage counseling does is allows each couple, or I say how my wife and I do it, is allow each couple to see that their history makes up who they are. And that history affects every decision they make, mm -hmm. which is great. That's who you are as a person. But now bring in said person that you care deeply about, dare I say the most deeply you care about in life, now brings that same or that same level of history to that same situation, but we'll see it totally different because there's different history and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just how do we communicate through this situation with our different perspectives? Yeah. So bottom line, I think that's what the essence of premarital counseling is not to change anyone, not to beat anyone down or to pull things out just to say that they're there, but it's the, more so that there's an awareness between both people. Like, hey, he sees it this way, you see it this way. Are you okay with that if they don't change for the rest of their life? And it's, oh, am I? Not saying that they don't, but if you're going to get married today, are you okay if this person never changes in this area? And obviously... Any couple will, you would hope they would want to do some deep diving within themselves to continue to grow, especially in areas that may be controversial or where they see that they have faults. So the marriage just brings the, or the premarital counseling, man, I keep saying that. <laughs> the premarital counseling helps identify those areas so that people can talk about them before they get married. Okay. I like it. And I'm just going to call it out because I'm me. 
what I'm hearing you say is everybody's got baggage. <laughs> and in premarital counseling, you might figure out how to unpack that baggage, like when you get back from vacation, and maybe how to put away some of those things that need to be put away when you get back from vacation. Don't let the bag just sit there in your room and live out of it for a week. <laughs> when you're back at home. Exactly. There's no point. You're not on vacation. The t-shirts go in this drawer. No, I, I like it. I like it. So I think there might be a scarier side to premarital counseling for someone. And so I'm just going to shed a little light on it and ask you the question, have you ever advised someone not to get married? In your experience of being a counselor, I think that there are probably some people out there who might be hesitant to mm-hmm. think that in premarital counseling, the issues that they know they have going into their marriage can be worked through. Just by getting a different perspective on the situation from a third party can be crazy helpful. And when I went into my premarital counseling, Sean Walker, he basically said, it's not my place to tell you whether or not you two should get married. And he's by the time we're done with this process, you will know that for yourself. That could be a very scary thing. So I'll leave you with that question. Gotcha. Just to, to answer that, we have never told anyone you should not get married. But what we have said is that if you don't work on this in such said time, we will not be the ones marrying you. Got you. But it worked out. Those things were worked on and there was growth, a lot of growth in the area that needed to be grown in. But it, we take it very seriously. So mm-hmm. we're not going to set up someone and we let people know that's it's our recommendation. You do with it what you will. We're not going to tell you not to get married, but we will say that it will not if we are marrying you as a couple, we cannot in good conscience marry you if you have not worked on this and shown that work. And that was a hard thing to say because it was someone that we deeply cared about and had history with. But there were these things that they needed to work on that would give them, that would show that they were down for this marriage and give it the best chance to work within the first first couple years. Because it's tough. it can be tough out there when you move in with someone that you haven't or even just the severity of marriage as you see it evolve, it can weigh it on you. But generally, if people come with an open, we've never had to say that to anyone else as far as the severity of uh, that we used for this particular situation. But we did advise that there be some deep work mm-hmm. um, to consider why you're getting married at this point. But it's more so we're very direct. and But we do give that disclaimer, as Sean did, you'll make the decision at the end of the day as we dive deep into those. And if you're ready, you'll be ready. And if not, you can, we may recommend that you push it back so you can continue to work and different action items. But obviously if if you give advice, if people come to you, they want your advice, you give it and they don't try it, then you can see that they're not really in for it. You know what I mean? At least we all say, at least try it and see what happens. And then we come back and say, if it worked, if it didn't, and if it didn't, why? And we can work through that. But if you're not going to try it, then you're wasting everyone's time. Yeah, man. That's my long-winded answer. No, it's all good, man. What would you say the benefit to going to someone is? That's what I did. Uh, It it was for me, and I'll just answer the question for myself. For me, it was easier to go to someone that I know, love, and trust to speak into my world 
because mm-hmm. I was allowing them that space. It was someone I had already had a trusted relationship with beforehand, which meant a lot to me. But it also, in my mind, made it easier to take the advice that they gave because I had already known that they're never going to lead me in a direction that I shouldn't go down. So in your experience, is that something you would advise or is it different strokes for different different folks? Yeah, I think it it all leads into personal preference. I think all those things that you highlighted are reasons for going to someone because if you can trust them, there's a reason why you trust them. And that would help at least one of one of the people in the couple and probably the couple as a whole, because obviously they love and trust you. So they'll love and trust this recommendation. But I've, we've also had people that have just reached out blindly. But a lot of times I'll say in our experience, we get referrals from other couples. Mm. So that kind of reputation rapport works with us in that situation. So I think if there's some type of connection in general, it'll work well. But what I've also seen is people that either one or both of um, the people in the couple go to separate separate personal counseling, they're usually more open to, it may be, it may be a stranger, but they'll go through that process of feeling them out, seeing if it works, that type of thing. So I think you, either way works. I think it helps if you have a, a recommendation because that just builds rapport immediately without having to find that balance. Yeah. What would you say is the number one thing that you personally got out of your premarital counseling? I think it'd be a good thing for us to speak from our own experience as well. Yeah. Oh, man, I meant to stop suck on that on the last question but yeah so i my wife trusted the person who did our counseling with her life the life of our family the life of her family before me like all that i think that was it's it's important i'm just going to co-sign you on that sure that's important but the number one thing that i got out of premarital counseling was for me the the vastness of all that marriage covers because like you mentioned before you may not have thought about marriage much in the sense of its totality and what it encompasses but the premarital allowed you to realize because you i think you subconsciously realize like this is life and this is another person in your life but you don't really take the time to either put a name to it or like actively search what does your life encompass and now this person has this different experiences but in the same way so understanding your that it's like your thoughts on everything now has another person that you need to consider in it so i think that was the number one thing that i took away yourself yeah i was just jotting down a note here and the number one thing that I got out of my premarital counseling was how to truly put someone ahead of myself. I think as humans, we're inherently selfish. It's almost a survival mechanism. So the ability to learn to put someone that you care about ahead of yourself always, and to know that in order for the relationship to work, that you should expect that as much as you're putting forward or giving into the relationship, you're going to get it back, right? That's that's a trust thing. That is just how relationships, in my mind, right. should work. And in a marriage, that's the expectation. So I feel what I learned is 
and especially I guess being the man in the relationship, I feel like women typically are much better at giving of themselves. What I also feel is the harder I work to give of myself, I'll never catch up to what I'm receiving. And that kind of provides my drive to always be giving more of myself to my wife and my family. Man, that is putting into words. That's so well put because yes, in my situation, I'll say, I just have to agree hundred percent, no matter how hard. And that's not a deterrent. It's more of a motivator. Yeah. Cause I know some people can be like, use it as the opposite, but I'm not going to, I have to give, I have to be more, mine is more thoughtful. Yeah. Because she's so thoughtful about every person and every situation in her aspect of life. And I generally only think of one or two people. So <laughs> I'm trying to get better at that. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things that, that it mirrors, it shows you yourself in the mirror and you can compare in a good way. But yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. And I, I've learned to be very careful as well. We get, We all get caught up in our day-to-day whirlwind. We get very busy with work. If you're a business owner, it just, I don't know. Ex- Never stops. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's just exponential. You know what I mean? And then the both of us, we have full-time jobs and side hustles. So it's even worse. And to be methodical about separating work and home life is just necessary. Number one, but really listening when In my experience, my wife saying, I need you home and taking that to heart and not taking it personally as an attack, but listening and hearing her in some scenarios say she's hurting because I'm not going to say I haven't been attentive, but I let myself get buried in my work and not being attentive could be a part of that. But I guess what I'm trying to say is. I will create excuses to be out of the house to to get the work done, because in the grand scheme of things, I'm doing the work for the freedom of my family. But what I need to keep in check is, as my wife so eloquently put it, you can do all that work for the family, but if you neglect your family in the pursuit of what you think should be, you're hurting your family in the process. So you, you have to find a balance and a lot of people call it work-life balance. And I'm kind of on the fence with that concept. I don't, I've heard people say there's, they don't believe in work-life balance. So I'm trying to do some, some, uh, self-discovery, yeah. self-reflection. Yeah, exactly. How you feel about that term. Yeah, exactly. What I hear you saying, or I won't say that I'll say to bring that back around to premarital counseling, the tools that you would receive with a good premarital counseling is to talk about life goals Mm -hmm. and say, where do you want to be in life? Do you own a business? Do you want to own a business? Your current situation before you get married, what are your goals five, 10 years, 15 years down the line, and then have conversations about topics or situations like you just mentioned. You have a job right now. How would you work through having a full-time job, but also pursuing your own business? Mm -hmm. And then what are the expectations there? It's all, and having both, whoever has the entrepreneurial mindset asking who, do you want your partner to be involved in this? Do you want this to be a family thing? 
Or do you want it just to be separate that you support for the family, but your partner will support you in a different way? And then, but also we touch on like the time management and how people feel about time away from home or time away from their spouse or time with their spouse and different levels. So the tools that you get on talking about these topics in premarital counseling is basically how to have these conversations civilly and considering the other person's perspective. So obviously, if you have premarital counseling and then you've been married for 10 years, what you thought would happen could totally flip. But it's more so setting up the tools to be able to communicate in a healthy way so that your marriage can succeed. Because life uh, generally is about communication and it's about expectations. Mm -hmm. So if you can communicate the expectations, then the other person in the relationship can understand your point of view and what you're working towards as a couple and the expectations because they're not in your head. And that also helps people not be let down. That also helps people, as we talked on in earlier episodes about the expectations we put on ourselves that have not even been put on by our wives. But that's kind of things that we do. But those, all those areas are based on communication. And that's the, the strategies of communication, communicating through hard topics is what premarital counseling um, is best for. Yeah. And it's a it's an outside opinion that, like you said, can give a lot of history and experiences to speak to those. So I think that's how you can wrap all that up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As you were talking, I wrote down two things, one being that sometimes goals change as well. So mm-hmm. I think that was probably something that I would have liked to talk about in my premarital counseling, because even though I had excuse me, a entrepreneurial mindset. I didn't realize how much of that was going to come into play. Now Mm -hmm. that topic actually did get spoken about because I was in our counseling identified as the dreamer. And Sean said to Katie, it's going to be your responsibility to keep him in check. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Cause the dreamers are like, I can do everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, and he also said in my family, I'm the dreamer. And I always, I have 7,300 business ideas every week. And then it's my responsibility to allow her to keep me in check. Um, that, yeah. That's something in counseling that definitely speak on that and empower people to do that and give, give, the dreamer the chance to make sure they're okay with being vulnerable enough to be checked yeah, and to see the yeah. importance of it. So sometimes nah, I don't want to do that. But if you get a third party opinion, like you should probably <laughs> let that happen. And you're like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. So. She has the uh, full right to hit the red no button <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to hurt. It's okay. You can get through it. And we're almost out of time, but I wanted to just touch on this one topic that you brought up of how to have the tough conversations just to provide the most value that we can in on this topic in premarital counseling. What is one or two tips you would give on how to have the tough conversations in your marriage? I would say probably there's probably three things that allow you to win and tap in tackling tough conversations. One is remembering that the person that you're talking to has your best interest in heart. Uh, and on the premarital counseling side, there should there should be history 
some type of history where you understand that they love you and they want the best for you. Now, obviously, people can be hurt later on down in marriage and whatever, and they may want to come at you and hurt you. But in the premarital side, that's a different topic. But the premarital side, remember, this person has our best interest in heart. Second, I think those conversations need to be had knowing that emotions can run high. But if you go back to remembering that they have your best best interest in heart, you can check your emotions. So Mm -hmm. being able to check your emotions. And then the third thing is always speaking back. When someone is talking, don't talk to respond, really listen. And then before you respond, say something like, what I hear you saying is, or I think what you said is this, is that correct? So then they can tell you either yes or no or correct the things that you may have missed because it just happens in communication. We may hear the words, but interpret it a different way. So I think if you, just the three things, if you come knowing that they have your best interest in heart, you know that your emotions could get deep and really try to check those and then really listen to what the person is saying and before you respond, tell them what they told you. Those are the best way to tackle tough situations in marriage. That is great advice. That's awesome. They've got your best interest at heart. Learn to check your emotions and actively listen and reflect back what you heard to your spouse. That's awesome. Yeah, just real quick on the emotional side, just know that they're there and it's okay to lean into them, Mm -hmm. but just also don't let them overtake because some people are just emotional beings. Right. So they'll be, their emotions may be more than the other. So just know that they're there, but try to keep the balance within the relationship because you'll know if one is more emotional and one isn't. So work so that everyone can be heard and that'll work great. Makes sense. That was a great episode. I hope that you guys got a ton of value out of it. I think we could probably dive into this topic a lot more, but we're out of time. So you're going to have to come back for that. But I do want to thank you for listening. Tune in for the next episode. I believe we're going to be talking about the next step after you're married, marriage counseling. All right. So from me, Brian, I want to thank you. Hey, and Paul, I appreciate your time. All right. I'll talk to you next time.